Hello and welcome to all of you worms out there for the 16th episode of the Worm Burner Podcast. I am your host Justin and for this week we are going to be covering a little bit of a different topic this week. So uh, as for the positions and roles we are starting to get towards the end of that uh, perspective of the show. Uh, But there are so many more ideas and so many more topics to even talk about. And one of them we are going to be talking about today, which is going to be cultivating a actual uh, culture when it comes to soccer itself. And just looking at the overall global aspect of soccer uh, compared to the United States and just going over a few statistics and just speaking my mind on it, as well as... uh, Finishing it off, of course, with the extra man advice of the week uh, for any of you soccer players out there or just anyone in general that wants advice over soccer in general. Uh, So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the episode this week. Alright, so for this week, as I stated, we're going to be going over the actual culture when it comes to the world of soccer and at least personally for me I feel like the culture within America has really improved at least from what it has been over the past couple of years and there there are testaments to that I I know that at least with the United States we can only go so far at least with the resources that we have but uh, let's be 100% honest we aren't one of the best soccer nations in the entire world um, comparative to the other continents and even other nations as well like there there are co- continents at least in in my honest opinion that are better than the United States and uh, looking at the way that they progress soccer and the way that they form soccer is is just a testament to them to be able to show us uh, different ways of being able to approach the game itself uh like take for example in brazil there is a famous saying uh that states basically if one team scores two goals i'm going to score three goals uh and that's just the mentality that it is in brazil brazil has a very attack-minded uh, philosophy when it comes to the world of soccer and and different teams in different uh, different countries even uh, have different mindsets when it comes to this these uh, aggressive mentalities and these uh, attacking players are better when it comes to the South American countries and that's something that uh, even the European teams and, and leagues have been able to uh, adjust and to actually um, spot when it comes to scouting within uh, the larger teams in the larger leagues uh, in Europe and around the world. Uh, it's primarily uh, these South American sides do- generally dominate the uh, American, or not the American, the um, a- attacking aspect of soccer. And this isn't to bash any defensive players because I know for a fact that there are several defensive players that are, are of South American uh, descent and they are very good as well. So this is just the aspect of overall when it comes to when it comes to European soccer, seeing European soccer, a lot of the attacking players uh, are South American. Uh, they're either Argentinian, Chilean, Brazilian, uh, Colombian. I mean, the list goes on. And so when it comes to the realm of soccer, when it comes to Europe, a lot of the European countries have another uh aspect when it comes to the game itself so for an example uh, Italy has a much more defensive stigma when it comes to the game itself Uh, 
Italy is, is said to produce some of the best defensive talent in the world. Uh, I'm n neither accepting or or denying this, but uh, it is very interesting to see that some of the uh, Italians' uh, defensive, or at least if you look at the Euros uh, this year uh, for 2020, the Italians were a very good defensive team. They were able to hold out teams the majority of the of the of the Euros, and obviously they made it uh, all the way to the final and and ended up winning it off of this defensive uh, mentality. And um, to to say the least, that they have uh, an unbelievable. Uh, amount of talent when it comes to the defense itself when you have a 37 year old Benucci uh, as well as a 22 year old Gianluigi Donnarumma uh, in goal uh, you just have this plethora of talent and and that's that's just skimming the surface and and honestly I think another country that can say uh, they have a really good defensive uh, premise or a defensive mindset is France too uh, they have an unbelievable squad that, uh, at least to this day, there are players that are world star caliber that have that haven't even been on the senior team in France, and I think that's uh, something personally for me is is these there's these stigmas when it comes to these countries, and uh, as an American and as just the country in general, we need to be able to address these. And to be able to pick and choose and be able to see what fits us and uh, what we're able to do and w how we can grow as a nation it itself when it comes to the uh, world of soccer. And so when it comes to the statistics as well, it's actually mind-boggling to say. So as I was stating before, uh, the Italian, the Ital excuse me, the Italian league is a very defensive uh, league, or at least it's 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 believed to be a very defensive league uh but the statistics don't actually show it so uh, out of the top 10 t 10 leagues in the entire world uh the italian league ranks third in the most goals scored per game uh, on average so uh as for the italian league Serie A, um they score about 2.81 goals per match uh which is crazy considering the fact that again the italian players uh, have this uh stigma or this this myth behind them basically that they are very good defensively um maybe maybe when it comes to the actual defensive aspect in general maybe the reason why that they are so good defensively uh, is due to the fact that they have so many chances on goal and maybe just the overall, like I like I'd said before, the most goals, third most goals in the entire world when it comes to soccer leagues, uh, goes to the Italian league, and and I I definitely feel like that's a very important aspect to look at when it comes to defensive players. When you have those aspects of going against teams that are going to get more shots than you, and having that defensive premise is is very very good obviously and being able to withstand the pressure when it comes to uh, those particular instances and so another factor that's uh, very interesting to look at so again out of the top 10 leagues in the entire world Italy ranks number one number one on the average pass accuracy uh, ranking per match so uh, they actually hold a ranking or hold an average of 81 or 80% uh, of the passes are accurate uh, 
when it comes to matches. And that's super, super interesting compared to the rest of, of the world when it comes to uh, some of these leagues that I'm seeing. The Premier League, the Eredivisie, the Bundesliga, uh, Liga, uh, La Liga in, in Spain. Uh, they're even better than them. And, and that's actually quite shocking considering the fact that La Liga is so low. Uh, on that statistic, considering the fact you have teams like Barcelona using uh, a, a overall premise of tiki-taka. Uh, when it comes to the Italian league, they are, obviously, based off this statistic, they're very accurate when it comes to these these teams when when they play, and as well as they're uh, some of the most, excuse me, they have the most shots on target, at least if I'm not mistaken, uh, based off these statistics as well, which is is, I I think that's incredible considering the fact that that I I can definitely see why Italy has that defensive stigma because maybe they face so many goals they may they face so many opportunities, so it it's at least personally for me it's very interesting uh, when it when you have those myths debunked in in some instance, but uh, I I feel like that's I don't feel like that is very debunked. I feel like there's a there are some aspects that actually uh, improve that particular aspect of the game and and believing in the Italian the Italian league is a it's a, it's a defensive league. But um, one of the other aspects that at least personally, when it comes to cultivating a culture here in the United States, one of the biggest things that is an indicator of that is attendance. And when it comes to uh, overall leagues in the entire world, uh, the MLS isn't that high when it comes to uh, average attendance when, when it comes to these games. Uh, and just, just to put it into perspective, the MLS averages about 18,000 people. Uh, in attendance per, per their games, which at least in perspective, it may be a lot when it, when it comes to uh, particular sports, especially if uh, you don't have that capacity or they just don't, don't have the interest uh, here in the United States. But uh, in both the Premier League and uh, in the Bundesliga in Germany, so England and Germany, the English average attendance is at 36,000 people. Uh, and the Bundesliga actually tops the rankings at 43,000 people are averaged in these stadiums and, and watching soccer. And personally, for me, I feel that it's super important when it when we have this culture, when we're creating this culture, uh, that when if we want to improve as a nation, like I've been stating before, we need we need to take this seriously. And as I've uh, explained in further interviews, especially with uh, Mr. Green and and Mr. G- Mr. Brown, respectively, uh, funding is is very important as well. But another thing that I feel like I have been lacking when it comes to these explanations and these in depth. Uh, in in depth conversations, I feel like the United States needs to take it more seriously, at least within uh, the realm of watching. I mean, how many people and and I I can't, I refuse <laughs> to put into perspective the amount of people that I've heard that don't even watch the MLS here in the United States and they watch the British Premier League or the German League or the Spanish League or the Italian League or the French League for that for that matter. 
they don't even go to the MLS games. Those, those games don't interest them because they know that the world-class talent isn't there. Um, and I feel like maybe from an American point of view, I feel like that is uh, kind of something that is hindering us when it comes to the United States. We don't have an enthusiastic backing for the United States. Maybe we feel like uh, we aren't that good, so we aren't really going to invest that time. We're going to invest that time in something else. Uh, and I completely understand that to a certain aspect of you want to be able to see the better talent. You want to be able to see that. Uh, you you want to see the talent and where the money is. It's Let's be 100% honest. The amount of money that's being funneled into the English Premier League and to the Bundesliga, to uh, La Liga, to Serie A, to Liga Nos, uh, I mean, even Portugal, like I just said, uh, like there's, there's so much money there in those countries when it comes to soccer. They, they live and breathe soccer. Uh, whereas the United States, we have baseball, we have American football, and we have uh, hockey. I mean, there's so many other sports, at least in my opinion, that get placed above uh, soccer in general. And uh, I feel like when it comes to the European aspect of the game, um, and as well as there's there's two very famous quotes. The one that uh, if you've watched previous episodes, you'll know this one. And the other one is maybe not so well known, but uh, it definitely puts into perspective uh, the belief that people have in soccer. So uh, the quote that I've already said, which was one said by Bill Shankly, uh, he was a ex-Liverpool manager, and his quote was, uh, people think that soccer is a matter of life or death. I'm very upset with this mentality because it's much more important than that. And just to just to hear that, it's something that, at least in Europe, people live, breathe soccer. They've been a been a part of this game since basically they were born a lot like American football here in the United States and I feel like if we are to take that take it seriously to be able to actually bring it bring the American game up we don't necessarily need to do the exact same thing but we need to take a degree of sincerity when it comes to actually playing the game, actually learning the game, being able to take these different tactics, take these different formations and learn from them, being able to analyze games as well. That that's There's that degree of sincerity uh, that we need to take as, an, as a country. And so that actually leads me to the other quote that uh, I've heard so much about. And it's uh, going back to Brazil, as I said, um, there's this Brazilian quote is... Soccer is not a sport. It's a religion. And it's to be able to hear that. I remember listening and hearing that quote for the very first time. And I was just like, that's unbelievable. The amount of pressure. I mean, when it comes to uh, somebody that's within the world of soccer in, in these countries. And, and, and that's an amazing thing that I ended up seeing uh, over the last uh, World Cup and even the European Championship with uh, with COVID and and all of that, respectively. Like there's so many events and and just a World Cup can literally lift an entire country up, and it's it's insane. And and 
I I love it. That's the reason why I love the sport so much is it can it can traverse all of these problems and and as well as just being a part of society in general. Uh, it's something that you can't get away from and it's just absolutely phenomenal and uh, it's I I I'm so happy to be a part of it, honestly. Uh that's why I made this podcast and obviously that's just the reason why I am putting so much time and effort into uh, myself being able to learn and being able to grow with the sport itself and and uh, I I can only hope and, and dream that the, that the United States will be as good and, and there are ideas that I have and there are ideas that other people have and, and I want to be able to explore those different outlets and uh, I feel like a very good way that we can improve as a nation is cultivating that atmosphere being able to say hey we aren't taking it as seriously as we need to. Uh, maybe starting younger when it comes to playing soccer. I know that some people uh, that I was talking to, they started in uh, middle school and high school, maybe even a little older than that, uh, for the very first time. And uh, I know that I stopped halfway through, but, but still, being able to have that beginning of being a toddler and playing soccer, that's something that, uh, that some people need to be able to uh, be able to live, being able to experience, and and basically, ba- basically being in the game almost their entire life, and and uh, I, I'm not saying that the United States will never be never be up to the level of England and France and Germany, but uh, we it'll take some time, and it won't be something. It might not even be something within my own lifetime that we'll be able to do or be able to achieve, but. Uh, I am, and I'm, I'm an optimist when it comes to that. Uh, I, I feel like we can. And I definitely feel that we have glimpses of these uh, instances, especially in in the uh, uh, World Cup, in the 2014 World Cup, and um, being able to qualify, go almost, almost go past Belgium. Uh, <laughs> uh, I it, it was hilarious though because I remember when we almost got by. Uh, Belgium and and I watched the draw for the next round and Belgium got Argentina. I was just like, I'm. I was actually kind of glad that we lost to Belgium because it, it would have been a, a a difficult feat to be able to go against a team as as established as Argentina is. But anyways, regardless, it's 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 something that we need to do. Being able to cultivate and that's why personally I feel that. Uh, one of the ideologies that has stuck to me personally uh, going to soccer is aspect of it. They uh, ended up having a torrid, they, they had an absolutely horrendous World Cup. Uh, I believe it was in the early 2000s, uh, and I, I think it actually went as far as, as uh, the late 19, 1990s, uh, and they just... Uh, they just scrapped everything. It was, it was. Uh, I believe, if, if I'm not mistaken, it was called. Uh, uh, it was the English translation is the reboot, um, and but I'm not entirely sure on the of the actual terminology for it. But they they basically restarted the entire German football federation and said, "Hey, look, we are going to be doing this, this, and this, and we're going to be winning the World Cup within the next ten years." And sure enough within that 10 years they ended up winning it in 2014 and i i 
being able to have that kind of a reset is just unbelievable and going from that ground up. I feel like America can do that and I feel like again that that foundation to being able to have that reboot uh, is with cultivating a culture that wants to learn about soccer being able to have that culture of hey this is what we can do better this is what we can do better this is what we can do to basically improve this aspect of the game and and so on and so so on and so forth i i want to be able to take this game seriously just like the europeans being able to uh, play game after game after game and uh, just like the uh, South Americans as well Central Americans and, and the the Asians and, and uh, Africans as well like I, I want to be to that level I and I feel like a, a really good uh, premise to that is is I, I know a, a very strong rivalry with the United States was Ghana because Ghana kept knocking us out of the World Cups and it was it was it was amazing to me that we had that kind of a, a rivalry with a, a cross-continent uh, country and and being able to have that uh, par to live up to of like hey we need to be able to be better than them and uh, it's nothing it's nothing short of of amazing to see how far the United States has come and looking behind the history of it is is just uh, impressive to say the least. Uh, I'm super happy being an American and, and being able to be a part of something like this at least in the United States and and uh, yeah I'm super happy. Uh, I, I can't be more happy when it comes to being where I am and, and uh, I, I can't I, I I'm I'm excited to see where this goes, uh, the ideas and and uh, seeing the MLS thrive and especially expanding to 32 teams if I'm not mistaken now, it's unbelievable how it it seems like every other year we're adding two or three different teams to the uh, MLS and it, <laughs> it's it's amazing I love it and and uh, yeah uh, so let's go ahead and go to our extra man advice of the week. All right, and for this week's Extra Man Advice of the Week, uh, I, it's just going to be something super simple and, and something that maybe not a lot of you have thought about. But uh, when it comes to actually improving your touch and being able to actually control the ball just in general, uh, one of the things I actually found was uh, I didn't have a lot of people to play uh, when it came to just the area I was in. And sometimes I just uh, it was just me and, and a ball, and, and sometimes you just don't really uh, have the personnel to be able to train or being able to do something so uh, one of the techniques that I used being able to improve my touch and being able to improve my passing maybe even general in general for the for playing uh, was passing it against a wall picking a solid object that won't go anywhere and pass it up against it being able to uh, pass at different speeds being able to pass slow or pass fast and being able to react accordingly so maybe uh, you pass it hard against the wall and it comes back really really fast being able to uh, adjust and being able to say uh, maybe I'm going to kick it with my right foot but accept it back into at my feet with uh, the left foot or something like that being able to actually control the ball from uh, out from out of your control to within your control being able to just have that 
control in general, foot control, being able to uh, play with the ball at your feet, being able to just roll around with it, maybe just do a couple dribbles and then pass it against the wall. Uh, I would highly advise don't do it against a garage door <laughs> as, a, <laughs> as a testament to myself. I've done that once, and the amount of banging that it created uh, did not make, make a particular person uh, within my family happy. Uh, I think we can automatically assume who that was, but uh, that's just one of the things that you can do, being able to pass uh, against a wall or a solid object that you may have, just practicing that, being able to uh, control the ball from when you pass it up hard against the wall uh, and receiving it back at your feet, being able to just uh, go with it, go with the flow, being able to, maybe you aren't able to accept it right at your feet. Maybe you pull into a drawback or a, a cup with your foot and like cupping it back uh, and backwards behind your other foot or, or it, there's all kinds of different techniques that you can do and and that's one of the best ways to practice your touch, being able to practice that first touch, being able to control the ball, uh, and go from there. Just basically go over some ball rolls, some fancy footwork, and, and so on and so forth. That's one of the best ways to be able to do it, at least in my opinion, and, and that's how I was able to uh, get my touch improved over a significant amount of time, at least in my opinion. Uh, so that is the Extra Man Advice of the Week, and thank you so much for making it to the end of today's episode. Thank you, thank you a million times thank you for making it all the way to the end. And if you're listening now, uh, I hope you have an amazing week this week. Uh, this week's been uh, very, very busy, and next week's going to be just as busy. So I know for a fact that uh, much of much of you guys will have the exact same thing. I just hope that you have an amazing week. Uh, stay safe, have fun, love soccer. Uh, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Ciao, everyone.